It's time for episode 294 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM. Recorded Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where time's the twist. I am one of your co-hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the vast and ever-changing internet by my co-host and good pal, it's Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. I didn't realize there was a twist ending to this podcast. I'm, I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> you could never be prepared. Uh, but... I am prepared to introduce two awesome guests today. Well, one of them at least. To my left is the podcaster uh, for SestraCast, the podcaster for Friends in Your Ears, and the pod one of two podcasters for Robot Unicorn FM, it, as well as the Business Unicorn. Kathy Campbell, you have so many titles. Wow. How are you today? I'm doing well. I have so many titles, so many things going on. I don't know. I never know what to introduce myself as. So thank you for introducing me for me to you. (laughs) And I'm going to stop now. (laughs) You know, for me to you, for me and you to you and me. Exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Cool. Editing this show is going to be fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to introduce the second of our two guests today. To my left is a veteran developer of software for Mac and iOS, an occasional writer, a conference speaker, and uh, sometimes he's even on podcasts with me. It's James Thompson. Hi, James. How are you doing? Well, I'm glad to be back on the official Black Mirror podcast of uh, positive (laughs) technology stories. (laughs) I did not get a memo. (laughs) That's the twist. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, that's the twist. Ah! <laughs> uh, we have four topics. We've got 30 minutes and I'm ready to get things kicked off. To start, let's talk about Amazon rolling out Alexa Guard. It is a feature that listens for safety things like breaking glass and smoke alarms and sends you alerts when they're detected. You say, hey, boo-boo, I'm leaving the house. And it says, oh, Yogi, Mr. Ranger is going to like that. It doesn't say that. It says, all right, I'll keep an eye on things while you're out. And I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on this feature? Would you use something like this in your home? Kathy, we'll start with you. So from previous clockwise comments, um, I am not a very smart home person. Um, I have an Alexa, and that's about it. Um, I, however, I kind of, I like the premise of the glass and the smoke alarms and that sort of thing and sending alerts. And I can understand where it comes from, especially if, say, so my daughter's old enough to stay at home by herself and maybe getting that kind of an alert while I'm gone. But would that actually work if somebody's still in the house, if it's not me? There's there's a bunch of things in here that make it seem like it could be great. And yet I don't quite trust it. Like a lot of technology going on recently. Uh, don't trust and verify, I guess, is the the model yes. of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not well. I'm not super interested in this feature. I, I I think that's some intriguing ideas, but I think what Amazon has shown over the last several months is that there are already a lot of cases, edge cases, where things get detected 
um, that aren't supposed to be picked up because really it's supposed to only be listening for its wake word. And so widening that case, even if they are very specific types of sounds, uh, I think there's this. It just increases the possibility of the the echo picking up things it's not supposed to pick up. Uh, in addition, I I think that you know I I think it's a good idea. I have a you know security camera in the house that operates in in similar ways, except via video instead of via audio. It's a clever extension to the stuff that the echo already does, and certainly it's a well-meaning safety feature. I think. But I, I, like Kathy, I'm a little more skeptical of how efficacious it actually is. Uh, and uh, I might be more interested if they added another, uh, you know, sound or two in there. I was thinking today, I was like, I was trying to make uh, hard-boiled eggs. And I was going back and forth between the office and the kitchen to check if the pot was boiling yet. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if there's a way you could just tell me your pot is boiling in the kitchen? I actually would really like that. Okay, that yeah, I kind of, I get that. So, yeah, yeah I, um, maybe, maybe this just isn't for me quite yet. So the upside is it sounds like the processing is being done on the device, the same as listening for the trigger word. And you need to switch it on manually when you leave, which is good in some ways because it's not listening 24-7 and calling the cops on you whenever you drop a wine glass. (laughs) Um, But it's also, you know, it's a bit error prone because you need to remember to switch it on uh, every time you leave. Also, you're giving Amazon information when you are or aren't at home. And that's something that it could potentially analyze and use to sell you more stuff, um, as well as the kind of information that wouldn't be great if it got out there in the event of a data breach. Like, so your hours were known to people. Um, and the bottom line is I wouldn't use an Alexa in general. So by default, I'm not going to be using this. Um, I do note that it's only available in the US at the moment. And since I imagine breaking glass sounds pretty much the same in Europe, I do wonder if there's some <laughs> privacy reason. It's got more use in it. I do wonder if there's a privacy reason it's not being rolled out everywhere yet. I think this is a cool idea um, in terms of different ways that we can make use of technology that we may already have invited into our lives. Um, rather than having to get... Uh, a special extra contraption for this or for that. Um, I really do like that, you know, this device that we have that some people have sort of given, uh, permission to be in our home that we can, you know, see new features and things come to it. But certainly there are those privacy concerns. And, you know, I'm curious about the false positives there as a safety feature overall, though. I think this is nice. On top of uh, doing the listening, it also will uh, start to learn your habits for turning on and off smart lights. And so when you leave the home, when you enable ExaGuard, it will turn on and off smart lights to make it look like you're still home. So a few cool things built into that, but certainly understand the privacy concerns there. All righty, folks, let's move on to our next topic, which comes from Kathy Campbell. So I don't know if you know, but WWDC is coming soon. Um, and I know, <laughs> shocking. Surprise, there's another twist. Um, <laughs> Stop with the twist. I can't handle it. <laughs> My heart is weak. Uh, but with conventions and get-togethers like this also comes swag from internet friends. Are you a collector of stickers and pins and badges and things or more of a minim- minimalist when it comes to such things? I would classify myself as a like a passive collector. <laughs> like I <laughs> I guess that's a hoarder. I guess that's a hoarder. I acquire things and I don't really know what to do with them. So I have like a stack of stickers on one of my desks 
that I just literally, I don't put stickers on things. And so I have a stack of really great stickers that, that friends have given me or I've gotten as swag from places. And I just don't have a thing to put them on because I'm not a person who puts them on their technology. I don't like stickers on my on my laptops or iPads or whatever. Uh, so I yeah, don't do much of those. I like pins better because I do tend to wear like sports coats when I'm out and about, especially at cons. And I often put a pin in the lapel of my coat because I just think it's a, it's kind of, it's fun. It's fun to like spice things up a little bit and have a little accent piece there. So I, I enjoy those. And I, I, when I was a kid, I actually collected pins. So I feel like I sort of gotten back around to that. So I prefer that to stickers, which I've just, I have a weird, like, I, I don't want to, I, I like save things. I'm like, Oh, this is a really nice sticker. Should put someplace special. And then I never use it. So I, I get into that weird hoarding <laughs> mentality of being like, Oh, this thing is so special and precious, but if I use it once, I'll never be able to use it again on anything else. So, uh, that makes me really anxious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mental note, no stickers for Dan. Arr! Um, well, I am both a producer as well as a collector. So I bring balance to the swag. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a balance in the swag. <laughs> I mean, it's so much easier to collect pins than it was with T-shirts back in the olden days. You know, they take up minimal space, both at home for a collection and especially in your suitcase when you're on the way over to WWDC to give them out. I once arrived with a suitcase containing 50 Drag Thing T-shirts and lugging that around was murder. So, you know, pins are a lot cheaper to produce as well. And, you know, you don't require different sizes and cuts of them and things. Uh, stickers are not quite as cool as a nice shiny pin, but they are almost literally two-dimensional and take up minimal space. Uh, slightly easier to attach to a laptop or an iPad than a pin as well. Uh, sadly, I will not be at WWDC in person this year. I'm going to miss you all. Uh, but there will be an official representative of Pascal the Peacock Panda in attendance with some of the best swag I've ever seen. <gasps> what? Wow. For, so for me, I, I love swag. I think swag's fun. Um, I do like to collect swag. Um, I have a cork board on which I put most of my pins. And then depending on what I'm wearing, um, be it a bag or a uh, suit jacket or like sport coat, I will put uh, a pin on. I've worn my buy uh, flag 42 pin quite often. Thank you, James. Um, and I, that's that's one of my faves to, to wear around for sure. And then I have, yeah, a lot of stickers. I've got a cabinet that I've had since college. Uh, it's like some drawers and then so it's got like a, a cabinet that opens up. And on the inside of said cabinet is where I have my sticker collection. So from the outside, it's kind of like a, it's, it's like a mullet. Um, because you look at it from the front and things seem like it's very <laughs> professional, but you open up those cabinet doors or look at it from the back, I guess. Uh, and then you're like, Oh, okay. This is not entirely professional and, and nice and pretty. Um, but I also get that feel about like, I just need to buy two of every sticker so that I could keep one and not stick it on something in case I get rid of that something at some point and I still want that sticker. So, Dan, I feel your sticker pains for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Kathy, any last thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. So this topic came to mind because I received a package, lovingly packaged together, of Pascal pins because I will be that <gasps> representative twist. Oh no, stop. another oh, twist. God. I can't oh. do this. Oh my god. 
Uh, this has more twists than like a bag of pretzels. <laughs> uh, so, and I not only am honored and so happy to travel with all of these little pandas, but I too am a major collector. I have stickers that I have attached with washi tape so that I can remove them and move them around. Smart. Um, and I also, I love pins because of their perpetual, like, use so I can just continue to use them. In fact, thanks to a uh, former or previous clockwise visitor, I have um, a backpack that Aline recommended that is um, has a, like a see-through plastic on the front and I can put the pins in. And so if the back falls off of a pin, even though I have those locking backs, uh, I won't lose the pin. So I have that backpack and I'm very, I love it so much because I can share the love of all of the fantastic pins that I have without fear of losing it. That is exciting stuff, folks. And you know what else is exciting? This is not a twist. We have reached halftime because there have been two topics. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Burrow. There's nothing quite like getting home after a long day and collapsing onto the sofa to relax. And that feeling is even better when you have a Burrow, the luxury couch for real life. The Burrow sofa was created by two students who thought there must be a better way to buy furniture than a limited sofa showroom and long delivery weights you're used to. That's why Burrow lets you easily customize a high-quality sofa online, which can be shipped for free in how long? Uh, a week. Burrow was recently named one of the world's most innovative companies by Fast Company, and that's because they let you build a sofa that suits you. You can choose from five fabrics, three leg finishes, two two armrest styles, and any length. You can even add a chaise lounge or ottoman. Dan, I've been working on that. Very nice, very nice. It's scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spills. It has a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your devices right from your sofa. That's awesome. It's made of high-quality materials, like sustainably sourced hardwood instead of flimsy particle board. Plus, they offer a curated selection of hand-woven pillows to help jumpstart your interior style. It is awesome. If you're in the market for a new sofa, give your living room an upgrade with Burrow. Get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash clockwise. I just recently moved, and boy howdy, would it have been nice to say, you know what? I don't need to bring this big, gigantic sofa with me because I am going to get a Burrow when I touch down at my new place. One that can I can easily put together and not have to worry about it. I had like take the legs off this gigantic thing. My mom and I were trying to get it through the door. It was a nightmare. And this burrow, it shipped so easy, so awesome. Ugh, wish I had one at that time. So anyway, head to burrow, that's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash clockwise for $75 off your order. One last time, that's burrow.com slash clockwise. Thanks so much to Burrow for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Let's move on to our third topic, which comes from Dan. All right. Well, I'm really, I'm really interested in the latest developments in blockchain technology and how Bitcoin can be. No, see, you're only looking at the spreadsheet right now because that's not what I wrote. Twist! Whoa! Twist! I just made up a top. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I really want to see if that would get anybody anxious. I know James likes to write out everything. Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined his 13 pages of notes. <laughs> 
Anyways, in the news this week, San Francisco has become the first city to ban its government agencies from using facial recognition recognition technology. This is becoming more and more of an issue. In fact, my town, Somerville, was very close to becoming the first town to ban it and may become the second town to ban it. So a lot of places have been worrying about this. My curiosity is whether you guys think this is all just like a reasonable, great move or whether there is a element of throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. Are there advantages to facial recognition technology that we are eschewing by banning it in this fashion? James, a privacy story for you. So here you go. Well, I think this is an entirely reasonable move. Uh, even if you make the assumption that the technology is 100% reliable, does the government or the third-party companies who run the systems, like Amazon or Microsoft, need to know where you are and who you are with every second of the day and have that remembered for all time? I mean, you say, well, I don't have anything to hide. But what if in a decade a future government wants to use that data for something else? But also the technology isn't reliable. You know, it frequently misrecognizes people. Maybe you get flagged as being a known criminal just as you're about to board a flight or just being in the same room as somebody and that gets quietly entered into a database without you knowing about it. Um, you know, even at 99% reliable, which is optimistic, when you're dealing with hundreds of millions of people, billions of people, you know, that's potentially millions of mistakes per day. Uh, and facial recognition plus AI makes for even more fun. Then you can start to look for potential criminals where your AI has been trained on some data set that already contains the biases of the people who collected the data in the first place, which then can lead to some kind of feedback loop of increasing bias as the police flag more and more people. Um, and, you know, since all tech stories seemingly need a Game of Thrones hook this week, <laughs> let me just summarize oh, and God. say... The, the the faceless man had the right idea. <laughs> I'm not of the opinion that we should do sweeping decisions on technology, uh, just, you know, uh, reactionary, essentially, decisions on technology uh, that potentially staunch growth and improvement and things like that. And so if this is ban until we can talk about it and figure out what you know is right and what is wrong totally down if this is ban and then plug our ears and never look at it talk about it see it again then i think that's a bad idea because you know depending on how these rules are set up we might be putting a stop on potential improvements and potential good things that could happen in terms of law enforcement using it authorities using it obviously there's a lot of concern there um and i understand that fear that exists so yeah i kind of i guess the thing that i'm of mixed opinions on is the idea that we potentially uh stop this facial recognition stuff from getting better and being used in the right ways by just saying, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. We're never doing that ever, ever, ever. No. Kathy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm torn because on the one hand, there's been a history of uh, law enforcement and higher authorities not utilizing information such as this in appropriate ways. Um, but on the other hand, 
think of all of the amazing television shows that would no longer be able to do their enhance, enhance, or mm. let's take the reflection and, and, oh man. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know how I feel about this. And I think it would take longer than the time we have in Clockwise to really have this full conversation. But I agree that it should not just be immediately shut down and never talked about again. But it does need to have these restrictions in place. Yeah, so the the implementation here is a little, you know, there are some there are some nuances to it. For the for one, it doesn't affect for obvious reasons, federal agencies. Um, it affects government agencies within the, the city of San Francisco. So, for example, if you go to SFO and fly out of there and they're using facial recognition, that's still on the up and up. Um, I don't know if this particular one, I'm not sure if this is a ban or more of sort of a moratorium on on using this before it's been investigated further. But I, I heavily agree that one of the big problems is regulation around these the usage within government and law enforcement. Generally, the policies around that are not well fleshed out. They're often written by people who don't have a good understanding of the technology, and that is a real problem. So things even like, you know, James suggested, storing this data. How does that data get stored? How long does it get stored? What are your rights in terms of removing yourself from those databases? These are things that don't often get considered until well after the fact. So if you want to halt these things while you actively think about it, I think that is a great decision. Uh, there are definitely privacy implications. And as James also said, the technology is not super reliable at the moment. That said, there are advantages to them. Um, certainly, private businesses will still be allowed to use facial recognition, so this doesn't solve some of those problems, right, of like you going into a store and having a facial recognition camera recognize you and serve up a uh, like a tailored ad. that <laughs> We've just moved it into the hands of corporations instead um, and certainly won't outlaw the face ID on your phone either. So I, I think it's a it is a, a nuanced issue as Kathy pointed out, and it's hard to sort of get a, a handle on it in the time that we have here. But I'm hopeful that this is a case where we're going to investigate this further, spend some time really thinking about the implications of it, and then craft reasonable, well thought out policy. And just to remind you, I'm a writer of fiction, so that'll definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for your thoughts on that. That's three topics down. Our last topic comes from James. So it was just announced yesterday that Disney is taking full control of the Hulu streaming service, following on from a string of acquisitions, including 20th Century Fox in March. So in the inevitable cyberpunk future, where we are ruled by a handful of warring mega corporations, on which side will you be fighting and what role do you see yourself playing? Well, well we've really got a theme going here today. Oh, golly. Um... Well, you know, James, I got to tell you, I'm not a huge uh, sports person. And so the thing that I've learned as a person who's not a huge sports person is that you root for the team that is winning at the time. And you, <laughs> I, I think they call that bandwagoning. <laughs> um, and I am an A number one bandwagoner. And so, you know, if it's uh, Mickey Mouse who's who's got the sword in his hand and who's eh, sitting on the eh, Iron Throne, eh, then I'm definitely going to go for good old King Mickey. But uh, if if let's say, oh, I don't know, um, the if if CBS comes along and has dragons 
and just completely burns everyone away, then hey, I'm on Team Drago with good old CBS. So whoever whoever's winning at the time, that's that's where I'll be. I think, Kathy, what about you? What man? What is with the second half of this? With all of the really hard questions, I did not <laughs> sign up for this. Let's go back to twist. Yes. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I, there isn't much as a as an individual we could probably do. Um. So maybe I will hang out under the team relay incomparable Zeppelin fighting cyberpunk worlds, and you know we'll collect our water and our oil and hang out in a desert. Does that sound good? Can we do that? I'm I'm down. Well, James, I plan on being long dead by then. So <laughs> that's how I'm getting out of this question. Until, of course, I'm inevitably resurrected and shoved into some sort of biomechanical body by the corporate overlords of the era, forced to fight in the arenas of the desiccated corpses of our cities, in which case um, I kind of ran out of steam there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have been steam powered robot. That's your problem. That's what I I told I told them not to use steam. Use fuel cells, but do they listen to me? They don't. Uh yeah, I think uh, you know, there is a concern about corporations getting super gigantically huge and uh basically uh, especially as or I think Kathy was alluding to, the bigger they get, the less they care about the individuals uh, that they are comprised of. So I certainly not out of the question that we have these giant corporate states at some point in the future. And I, I like to think that I would rage against the machine, but I think <laughs> knowing me, I would probably be lulled into uh, a sort of soporific complacency by just like all this, the streaming television I could possibly watch. <laughs> Well, I, I was initially thinking that this might come down to me having to choose between Disney and Apple, and that would be quite difficult for me. Uh, but then I thought about Dipple, the future merger of the two companies. And <laughs> that's an organization I think I could get behind. You know, imagine, if you will, a Jonathan Ive designed lightsaber that actually works, you know, at least if you hold it correctly. But, you know, after they colonize the moon in 2042 and turn it into a theme park complete with fully operational super laser... I'm left wondering whether they're actually the good guys. Um, on the other hand, is either them or uh, Wagazon, the Warner, AT&T, Google, Amazon murder, <laughs> who want to know your every thought, quite literally, to better sell you things. And they do seemingly have an overwhelming number of androids and spaceships to do it with, though fewer dragons than they used to. Um, so I think, yeah, like many of you, I'm going to renounce all forms of technology and be a grumpy old mentor to some young rebel. <laughs> we are just about at the end of another episode, but we have just enough time for a bonus topic. Before we get there, I just want to make you smile because this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander lets you insert words, phrases, forms, templates, and so much more with just a couple key clicks everywhere you type. You can take control of your time and productivity by letting Text Expander handle your repetitive typing tasks. Repetitive typing tasks. The brand new Text Expander 6.5 is now available for macOS, and Text Expander 2.0 is now available on Windows. Both new versions of Text Expander are sporting a new visual editor for snippets, and the new editor makes it easier to see and edit snippet fill-ins, dates, and date math. Date math is the worst, so let's let Text Expander do it for you. Nested snippets and so much more. 
If you already love Text Expander and like to tell people about it, well, guess what? You can join the affiliate program to earn a little something when people sign up. Apparently, I need to check that out. If, like me, you're always looking for ways to be a little more productive, then you need Text Expander. It makes typing those repetitive phrases and paragraphs unbelievably fast. Seriously, an entire paragraph that would take ages to type can expand in a second, which leaves more time for you to do what you do best. You need Text Expander. So visit TextExpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Thanks so much to Text Expander and the awesome folks from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, folks, what animated show or product or movie, whatever, do you want to see a live action remake of? Kathy. I would choose the previous popular Disney show Gargoyles. I think they should do a live action update of the classic 1980s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, which is terrible and cheesy, but I think I would love to see it as like a meta live action rework. In in true incomparable fashion, I have a few shows that I'm not choosing. Um, Star Wars Rebels, Batman the Animated Series, but I think I'm going to go with the Lego Batman movie because I would like to see a Batman movie with that tone. I am going to go with something that actually has just started. I just want to encourage more to happen. It's Pokemon. What I need in my life and in my heart and in, in to bring me joy and happiness and truth and honesty is a movie that the writers are thinking about making, which is a movie that centers around Jigglypuff, my favorite Pokemon and yours, because I said so. And I would love it if that uh, took place. So more Pokemon, please. But it's time to thank our awesome guests for being here. Kathy Campbell, you are wonderful. And I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Micah. So happy to be here. And twist. Twist. I'm glad that Dan's here too. (laughs) (laughs) That, That is the most surprising of twists today. Uh, Not surprising is James Thompson. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I registered wagazon.com just before recording, (laughs) just in case. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) I look forward to uh, living out on the pension that you collect when you sell that off. Uh, But until then, we'll be back next week. And we remind all of you out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 